0: Welcome to my grumbling tummy. So welcome to jasonnewland.com. That's my website. Check it out, baby. And this is Let Me Boy To Sleep. Please only listen when you can safely close your eyes and my name's Jason Newland probably way more information than you ever wanted to hear but it's okay it's okay there you go hmm What I'm going to talk about today. Uh, 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 uh. uh it's a bit warm in here, but it's okay. It's okay. I don't mind. I guess in a sense I've chosen for it to be this temperature earlier on because it's now yes near the end of the day on Sunday the 4th 3rd of uh, January 2020 I actually went to bed about nine nine thirty in the evening and I was asleep fast asleep dreaming and I was woken up by a ferret knocking around a bit a big piece of I don't know what you want to call it Foam Polystyrene Um, The stuff they put in packaging You know when they deliver They Whoever they are So you get it in delivery boxes You know To keep the contents of that particular Package uh, In one place I guess So it doesn't move around And get damaged I forgot it was even there it was right at the back of the room in the bedroom you know it's it's out of the way with a box in front of it and it was there the carpet cleaning machine was in front of it and there was something else in front of it as well so he hasn't touched it at all for however long it's been there all I can think of is he wanted me to be awake because when I woke up I turned the light on and he was staring at me he was nowhere near the actual thing and I was trying to figure out what is he was playing and I could see what it was he'd been uh, scratching and, you know, moving around. So it was his way of waking me up. And I've seen him do it before. It might sound like I'm just, you know, making it up, me sort of kind of adding a personality onto an animal and, you know, all that stuff. I've seen him do it. Not that particular thing, but you know I've seen him in the morning you know especially in the summer when it's really light early and I'll be laying there on my right side so I can see the rest of the room if I open my eyes so I'm lying there asleep and I get woken up and I just like open my eyes like what's going on and I see him staring at me just standing there (laughs) instead. But he's staring at me and I'm thinking, oh, okay, maybe it wasn't him. But he can't see that my eyes are open because it's still quite dark, you know. It's it's light but not light, light. Curtains are drawn. And then I see him, he starts banging the door to the shed. Like pushing it and letting it close shut, banging he does it a couple of times and then he looks at me again. And I don't move and I'm still sit laying there with my eyes partedly open just to, so I could see him. And he walks up to the bed, looks at me, see if he could sort of see if I'm awake. So I can sort of keep my eyes quite closed, you know, I could just, just about see him. And he goes back and starts pushing the door again of the shed to bang. A couple of times and he looks back at me again. So I know that he does it. I know he used to do it with the wardrobe door. He used to get underneath it, pull it open, let it slam shut. And then stare at me. I mean other times he's more blatant. I'll actually climb onto the bed, and you know, lick my face, uh, nibble on my eye around my eye, gently. But you know, just enough. He punched me in the face a few times. I see, <laughs> and it always sometimes he'll bite my bite me toes. I mean, once he actually sat on my face. Okay, that sounds weird. But he kind of laid, I mean, on my face. Just trying to get me to wake up. So he's a clever little boy. But there's a fine line between being a clever ferret and being a really annoying ferret. see I ended up getting up out of bed I had to move the polystyrene thing out of the way so he couldn't do that again and he wanted something for me but I didn't know what it was I went into the kitchen he followed me into the kitchen and he went into his place that he normally stands when he wants an egg basically standing near the fridge So I got him an egg and he had that and he was happy. I have to break the egg for him now because he's too lazy. See, like a couple of years ago, he would knock the egg all around the flat, push it against the skirt and board against doors until he could break it open. Now, he doesn't bother give him the egg as it is in the shell. You know, he'll try and get into it for about two minutes. He just gives up and just leaves it. And sometimes he'll just sit there and stare at me. (laughs) So I just break it for him. He knows how to do it, he just can't be bothered. He's too lazy. I think it might just because he's, he's getting older now. He can't stand on both legs like before. He used to, to stand on his back legs, standing up, almost like begging for stuff, or just standing straight up with his hands by you know in front of him, looking at something or sniffing or trying to do something. Now he loses balance and he falls over so he he hasn't got the strength in his back legs that he used to have which is probably, you know, just due to his age it's a little bit sad a little bit, just to see how he hasn't got I don't know, just he can't do all the things that he used to be able to do you know, three years ago he'd be able to jump up onto this city easily now he doesn't even attempt it he just sits down and stares at me <laughs> waiting for me to pick him up so I don't know if it's because he I'm not sure if it's he can't do it, or he thinks that he's just controlling me because whenever he stops and stares at me i I give him attention, I pick him up, and I seem to do the things that he wants me to do. If he wants me to change his water, he knows how to get me to do that he knows how to get me to change his food or give him some food. He, he knows how to get me to go take him for a walk he knows how to get me to give him an egg he knows how to get me to pick him up so I guess why would he need to bother doing anything for himself because I'm here to do it all for him yes suppose it makes sense in a way in a way but then I'm lazy I can't be bothered to cook food I'm hungry and I've got food and I don't want to cook I can't be bothered I generally cannot be bothered, I'm hungry my stomach's rumbling and all I'm doing is eating breakfast cereal because it's easy and it's quick and it's ...temporarily... ...filling... ...can't be bothered... ...don't want to go into the kitchen... ...and spend... I mean, ...it's so easy I could just turn the oven on... ...wait 10-15 minutes... ...go back in... ...put something in the oven... ...for half an hour... And ...I could just... ...even if it was just a... ...a sausage sandwich... ...or sausage toasted sandwich easy I could do that so easily I've got stuff in the freezer that I could cook I'd have a meal I've got potatoes I've got frozen veg I've got tins of beans anything that I need really but what I really want is someone to do it for me very lazy and I'm not really This is quite a new thing for me. You know, I've lived on my own for a long, 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 long time and always cooked for myself. Never anything glamorous, very basic, basic food. You know, potatoes, maybe some veg and something to go with it. That's kind of it. I've never been... Never made myself a curry, or I've never made myself a shepherd's pie. All all the things that you can get in a frozen meal for one, which are very basic meals that a lot of people would cook for themselves. Maybe not if it's just them, but you know, maybe if there's two people, you'd maybe possibly cook it. I've never done that. And I could I know how to I just I'm too lazy you know making a shepherd's pie is easy uh, you know it's just it couldn't be anything simpler really I went to catering college when I was 16 and I've worked in <laughs> catering I know how to just basic simple things like lasagnas and I know how to do that stuff but I can't be bothered it's weird really, really got lazy to the point where I was sitting here weak with hunger and I still won't do anything still won't cook anything I just don't get it. I don't get it at all. It's very strange. Let's have a drink. (sighs) The little flat table I've got. Which is like a thing that you put over the bed. You know. uh, That you can eat on. For some reason it's started to slant. So things are... Starting to slide, which is weird. It's almost like there's a poltergeist moving stuff around. So yeah, New Year, New Year. this is probably the least new yearish that I've ever felt genuinely it feels like a continuation a con- complete continuation of the, of the last year that doesn't there's no doesn't feel fresh at all and I just and this is my positive time of the year January new it's not even about new resolutions really is. It's new energy, new, like, okay, let's get going. Let's put more effort into what I'm doing, or let's start a new business, or uh, something. So I'm, I'm going back years and years, but there's always been something that I've been putting time into. And... In all honesty, I think if it wasn't for the lockdown that my area's in, I'd be able to go and get something to eat. And it doesn't necessarily cost that much really. You know, you could go and buy, go and get something to eat for like £6 or something. Or buy a sandwich in Gregg's. Just, you know, something. Because I go through these lazy periods. I went through a period when all I ate, literally all I ate was out. Um... I was renting this room £125 a week it was costing me I don't know why I can't get that out of my head because this flat costs £85 a week so it gives you an idea of the d- difference in cost now I know this is council so it, it wouldn't cost £85 a week if it was private it cost, I don't know, probably, yeah, probably moving on to probably about £150 a week, something like that. But I, if not more, but when I had that room, there was a shared kitchen, and I just didn't. I went through a period where I thought I just can't stand being in a kitchen with other people anymore you know I'd just done it so many times and because I was living so close to town I could get everything I wanted so I I was basically living on sandwiches from Greg's pretty much all week long And I did have milk in the fridge, and I had breakfast cereal. Um, other than that, that was it. So I'd be eating. And I would. I'd get sandwiches, sausage rolls, drinks, and stuff like that, and I'd bring it home after working, and I'd have them in the evening. And then on a Sunday as a treat I'll go to the KFC and get a big bargain bucket full of stuff. Popcorn, sweet corn, um, drink, fries and you know, the whole whole shebang or bang it bang bang. And that's what I do on a Sunday afternoon. You know, I kind of miss being close to town because during these extremely lazy moments, I could just make use of the resources that I don't have here because there's nothing here. There is a farm shop, okay, not far away. it is expensive you know a piece of cake is like £3.70 something stupid like that just a slice of cake sausage roll like £2.30 or £2.50 just, I bought a bag of sugar tiny tiny bag it, was, it wasn't even a proper sugar bag it was in a clear bag with a label on it I guess sourced locally tiny little bit of sugar half of a small bag yeah and it was nearly two pound like twice the size of that sugar would cost 50 pence in a supermarket is idea, so you get an idea that's really just too expensive I go in there every now and then when I've got no food and i just like oh my goodness I only come in there for some milk Loaf of bread and something to put inside, and I end up spending like twelve pound like what and they don't do margarine; they do butter, the type that you can't do anything with you try and you try and butter bread with it in fact, you even try you could try and put butter on a plate of steel and it would still make holes in the steel that's how hard the butter is I mean butter what is it for I mean I can only think two things that butter can be used for you know cooking slash baking You know, you could use butter for, you know, that stuff. Baking cakes and also sometimes, I suppose, if you're frying things and cooking and stuff. But outside of that, it's the spread, isn't it, on bread or toast. Or if you've locked yourself out of your car, you could use it to chuck through the window and break the window with it. Is that hard? I mean honestly when I was walking home with my shopping I've never felt safer than I did when I had that bar of butter. In my carrier bag. It was basically like carrying around a brick. It was like I felt safe because I knew if anything happened, that bar of butter would save me. In fact, all I got to do is just pull it out of the bag, and anyone that caused me or wanted to cause harm, they'd run away screaming. He's got butter. Run! Don't look back. Run! As of course, if the person was running backwards, run forwards. Less chance of banging into things. Okay. No, seriously, I got I got some butter from them. I put it right it was the hottest day of the year I filled the bath up with hot water I floated like a dish on top of the water and put the butter on top When I went back, the water had dehydrated or hydrated, disappeared, completely dried up, butter intact. If anything, it was harder. I just personally think you shouldn't be able to eat butter and be able to chip your tooth. It just doesn't seem correct. Now I'm not anti-butter, in fact, in fact, I would say I like butter, I like the taste generally. Not a big fan of the Irish one, the green, um, not all Irish butter, no just a specific one. It's a little bit too rich for me. Golden berry or dairy or something. But I quite like, you know, butter itself is nice. But I prefer margarine. I really do. Mind you, I had some margarine. It was uh, buttery spread. Which is olive oil. And supposed to be healthy. Uh, again, I couldn't use it on bread. Because it just broke the bread up. And some might say, well, how are you actually spreading onto the bread? Are you putting all your weight on it? Are you using a bread knife with the serrated edge facing down? No, I'm not. I'm not doing any of those things. I'm just using a normal knife. And if I can, I use a butter knife don't always have access to the butter knife because it may be in the sink and technically I could have access to it if I put my hand in the sink and got it but it's not really about the sink it's not even really about the the knife the butter knife it's about the butter itself and this, this wasn't even butter this was Spread olive oil, spread hard as rock. I mean, it wasn't hard as rock, it's an exaggeration, but it was hard, it's unpleasant, and it's just these lumps. and The thing is, right? Okay, right, bear with me here. It's a buttery spread made with olive oil which is supposed to be much better cholesterol-wise. I can understand that in a sense of if it's spread evenly. But if it's a bunch of lumps of butter spread, you know, so you look on the bread and there's just lumps of a bread and it's, you know, half-holy bread as well. I don't mean religious then you're eating a lump of this stuff which tastes nice but from a calorific uh, fatty depositing exercise I imagine it's not such a great idea Of course I might be wrong. Never have been yet, but there's always a chance. (laughs) Mm. So, I just don't know what to think. I don't know! got um, it would be nice just to have food just (laughs) delivered to me I I don't think that's it would be nice I just never had it really so it's not something that I miss because the last time I regularly had food cooked for me was when I was probably 14 so it's been you know it's been a while a while what's that 14 24, 34 44 so 36 years 37 years 36 years whatever it's quite a few days so it's not like I'm missing something it's just that I quite like Oh, just like a fried breakfast would be nice and I know that that's not necessarily the healthiest thing I could eat but I don't eat fried breakfasts you know hardly ever so when I do eat it's okay I drink coke so it's almost I guess the most unhealthy drink you can drink so that's not good as far as stuff and I eat chocolate which isn't good I guess (laughs) but I don't eat lard, of course. We all eat lard, don't we? But other than that. Yes, but I can't really say the word I eat healthily. But I don't eat, like, really unhealthily when I cook. I know that bread is supposed to be pretty. not the greatest thing to eat. But. And milk. Apparently, you're not supposed to drink milk, really. But I've been doing that for for, since I was born. Really, it's been a staple of my diet: bread and milk, margarine or butter, whatever, on the bread. I'm not saying that all I do is eat bread and milk. I dip the bread into the milk. Ugh! No. But it's definitely been a part of my diet over the years. But then so is water. I've been a big drinker of water, bottled water. All the way from my late, yeah, from my late teens. So, yeah, from adults, from the age of 17 or something, 18. I've been drinking bottled water. So I probably drunk more water than the average person over this period. But a lot of that was especially in my twenties, is because I didn't have any money. So water was cheap to buy, so I'd be drinking water and you know I'd have some milk. So one of my um, routines not a routine really but I'd work I'd get home in the evening and depending upon how hungry I was you know sometimes I'd I'd take an apple to work to eat on the way home so it would be something you know just something to munch on I'd get home but then you know sometimes I would get a chocolate bar but that would be it I wouldn't eat any chocolate in the evening or during the day or anything like that it'd just be something to keep me going until I actually had my dinner my evening meal I'd buy a pint of milk or maybe two if I need one for the morning and I would just I'd had that part of milk with my with my meal so every evening I'd have a pint of milk out of a bottle they used to sell them in bottles back then and I used to then get home depending on whether again I was sharing a kitchen so it was a case of cooking when there was no one else around really so if someone else was using the oven I couldn't really you know use it myself because I didn't know how long their stuff had been in and sometimes they would have it on a different temperature see pretty much every everywhere I've lived if I've had something in the oven other people would put their stuff in the oven as well, and they'd put the the oven on the temperature that they wanted. That seems to be a standard behaviour uh, that I didn't wasn't a big fan of because my stuff would then perhaps burn or or be undercooked because they might put it on a lower temperature. I think I've even had people take my stuff out of the oven. (laughs) And then. I think someone took it out of the oven. Thinking that I just left it in there. You know. And they needed to use it. It happened in a laundrette once. Not um, food. Taken out of the oven. But. I came into the laundrette. And the laundry was around the corner from where I lived. Went in there. Put my stuff in the washing machine. I left. And then I came back. You know, half an hour later or 40 minutes later. To find my clothes on top of another washing machine. in basically and there was uh, washing powder all over the top of the washing machine. My wet clothes were just there being taken out and someone else was using that washing machine. And so I started saying like, who, who did that to people because places place was full. And uh lady serves me. And we had an argument. I said, Don't you ever do that again? I said, if you could have done it, his basket's there. Why couldn't you put them in a basket? You don't put it on the top of a dirty washing machine. And she kicked me in, kicked me in the nuts. So So, ah, so I put it and put my stuff in the washing in the tumble dryer. Luckily, I I think I managed to get rid of most of the flakes of washing powder. But I really just chuck my stuff on the top. What are you doing? Firstly, I don't really want people to see my clothes because you know best intentions with the best intentions not all washing machines can get all stains out of all all uh, clothes So I don't really want my I don't know just saying I didn't want my I didn't didn't even want my clean laundry aired in public so then I'd use the tumble dryer And my normal thing is i put the tumble dryer on, I'd put maybe £4 or £5 in, knowing that the tumble dryer would keep going for about 20, 25, 30 minutes. And then I'd go off and I'd come back. But not that day I didn't, because I thought, oh, okay. Especially as I put the money into the machine, so chances are I'd come back my clothes would be on top of the washing machine. Again. Still wet. And someone had used the tumble dryer. Using up the credit that I'd put in. Never been so angry. <laughs> Never been so angry. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. That was. Not a huge. I'm not a huge fan of laundrettes although i've had a couple of interesting experiences in a laundrette one was i met a a girlfriend well someone that ended up being my girlfriend this was in stratford and weird thing is she was also almost she's also brother a comedian she was a stand-up comedian like me it's like wow the chances of that happening in a laundrette is very, very slim. And basically, she was talking to the laundrette lady. And I come in and I'm just waiting behind because the laundrette lady did my washing every week where I was there. So I was extra, specially nice to her. You know, you. you yeah, I, I went out of my way to keep her happy. You don't upset someone who washes your underwear. you got to keep them sweet and show them respect. I don't even like I don't even like touching my own underwear. Even when they're clean. Because I know where they've been. And I know where they're going. Ugh. Mm this I can't even remember her name this uh, female so what was I probably 25 at the time she was 20 probably about 22 23 24 about the same kind maybe older I don't know same kind of age and she was talking about how she was had a gig to go to, or something, at a comedy club. So she was talking to the the um, laundrette lady. I was going to call her the dandruff lady, the laundrette lady. Dandruff laundrette. It's not they're not even similar words, are they? And. I started saying to her, Oi, I'm a comedian as well. She said, Really? I said, Yes. So I invited her to come to my gig that night because I had a gig on. Yeah, so I was getting my washing done probably probably midday uh, probably in the morning actually to collect it for about four and then my gig was in the evening so and she didn't live that far away from me so we ended up I took her to my gig with me which was wow it's quite a long distance away And the gig went, it it went really, it didn't go very well. But I think part of that is because I wasn't very good. (laughs) So there, no, it was my second gig. The first one, I didn't get paid. It was a tryout. And it went really well, which was probably six months before that one. So this was a paid gig. And the lady that ran it was called Dolly. And she was my friend. And she gave me quite a few gigs. She had these comedy nights... ...around more like the outskirts of London... ...like Hertfordshire, Middlesex. And like to be really... Well, it felt like the middle of nowhere sometimes. So I'd get a train... Uh, quite a, quite often there were overground trains, so they'd start off on underground and end up overground. That's the beginning of the Wumble song, isn't it? Underground, overground, Wumbles are we, the Wumbles of Wimbledon, nerve and then free. So she gave me all these paid gigs and. I remember during the actual show or while I was on stage I think I said I think I am um, I said I don't know what to do I think and Dolly shouted out tell some jokes <laughs> okay oh, I forgot and I think part of it was because I was focusing on this new Lady that I just met who was technically kind of a new girlfriend, oh well, we did see each other for a bit, so it didn't last a long time, but I suppose it wasn't one of those like, "I love you, oh, I love you too, oh it wasn't one of those. There was no emotion... Yeah, there was zero emotions, really. um, Shared. It was... uh, I don't know what it was, but it was... It was partially fun. At times. And... I was... I was a bit embarrassed. Because... Well, imagine... You invite someone to a public performance that you're going to be publicly performing at I wanted to be good I wanted to impress her and I didn't impress anyone (laughs) I really didn't in fact I think one of my Once it started, I started saying, Do you ever get one of those days when you are at work and you just can't be bothered to do anything? You get to work and you're just reading the paper and you're doing zero work. You just can't be asked. I said, That's how I'm feeling right now. I'm just reading the paper really I'm not I know you're all out there wanting jokes and stuff but I can't be bothered I just (laughs) and I was going on about lucky I'm not a surgeon isn't it and just some people were laughing but I was just I didn't know I just I think my jokes just disappeared from my from my memory for a short time but I did rescue it 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 turned out because I started making fun of myself being rubbish so that I kind of but it was it was a very poor performance but it was I got paid (laughs) which is weird it's a similar thing happened at the another club that I did probably a few years earlier or I don't know when it was but did this gig and it was really really good well for me it went well went well and it's one of the hardest gigs on the circus so yeah I was quite pleased and I got told yeah you can you get a paid gig come back 50 quid for 10 minutes or for 15 minutes or something no 10 I think it's probably 10 50 quid Uh, wow okay. and I came back I, I called him uh, in the week and he gave me a gig probably three months later went back it didn't I didn't go down I, I didn't completely bomb but it wasn't as good it was probably 50% as good as as the original one So, I had maybe some people laughing and some people just, you know. But it was well known for being an aggressive comedy club, so if it didn't like you, they'd start chucking stuff. And that didn't happen with me. So, they must have, at the very least, accepted my existence. In fact, the biggest laugh I got is when the the host of the show uh was at the side of the stage urinating into a bucket while I was on stage so that so I did get some good laughs I didn't realize it was him they were laughing at but and I get off stage and I'm just I go up to say goodbye to the, the person who runs the club I was embarrassed you know and it didn't go very well so but I said thank you anyway thanks and uh, I'm going take care and he said wait a minute and he gave me 50 quid I was like I genuinely wasn't even going to ask for the money because I didn't feel that I deserved it because it didn't go particularly well he didn't care he had fun he was the one that was you know doing his stuff in the bucket I thought oh okay wow and that's the most I ever earned for one gig 50 quid bearing in mind this was in the sort of early 90s maybe 93 94 probably about 93 50 quid is half a week's earnings for me I was earning just over 100 pound a week working full time so £50 was a big chunk of cash for me back then to be fair 50 quid's still a big chunk of cash for me and to get that for 10 minutes work I mean, it wasn't even work it was just 10 minutes of being below average on stage in front of probably 400 people it was like wow up the creek that's the comedy club up the creek Malcolm Hardy was the the man very famous comedian in London on the London circuit he was um, hugely famous hugely well known for his antics and the stuff he used to get up to he didn't care. But it was lovely. But he was absolutely uh, crazy on stage. He'd do some. I've just I've seen I've seen lots of times some of the weirdest things you'd expect. I can't even tell you because of how rude they were. But one of the I think is one of his uh, trademark things is to say, "Oi, oi!" he just get on stage, "Oi, oi!" Uh, I think he introduced me as the next act. His name's Jason. He's got one name, Jason. Might be good, might be shit. Jason. And that was it. And he'd walk off and I'd get on. And that was his introduction to me on the, the first gig I had. And... It was like, wow. It was actually... It was an experience because up the creek was known to be, I think it used to be called the Tunnel Club. And it was horrible then. People used to chuck bottles at the axe and everything. This was a more... um, it It was the same crowd, I think, but they were more verbal than anything else. So there'd be a lot of heckling, a lot of shouting, off, 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 and stuff like that. I didn't get that. So for me, in a way, it was a success because I didn't get, I didn't didn't get removed from the from the stage. Another weird thing that happened in a an, uh, laundrette, and this was during. Yeah, this is. Let me think. Yeah this is when I was at college on a massage course I was doing a course which was full time doing massage uh, what else reflexology and what's the other one the smelly one remember the name of it it's weird isn't it but it was basically a complementary therapies course and aromatherapy that's it so as part of it was anatomy and uh, I guess first aid I think was probably part of it an Indian head massage which I never got to learn But I did the massage course. And I didn't finish the course. But I did a lot of practicing with the massage with people outside. Not in the street, but people that I I knew. And also with the reflexology. The aromatherapy, because it was a lot more to it with all the mixing of the oils and stuff. They started teaching us that and that was going to be going into the next term and so I, and also anatomy as well. So it's pretty full on. And like I always have done in the past, if I start learning something new, I would buy every book I could get hold of. So with Anatomy, every book, Reflexology, every book I could get. So I'm, I definitely knew my way around a foot. And all the different parts and, you know, what is supposed to correlate with which other, you know, like your organs or your parts of your body. And I was in the laundrette at that time, so it would have been I don't know, one whenever I had time to, to go to the laundrette. And a lady comes in. Early twenties probably. And I don't know, she's waiting for a washing machine to be finished or whatever. But I ended up massage, massaging her feet. And she had... I think she had um, back pain due to her... Yeah, for whatever reason, so... And I ended up... And she was some... So I'm in the laundrette with this beautiful woman with her feet off and I'm with her feet. And it was only afterwards when we'd said goodbye that I thought, um, perhaps I might be able to ask her out on a date She might have liked me. And I'm just thinking. In order to allow a complete stranger. You know to take your shoes off. And your socks off. Or I don't know if she had shoes and socks. She might have had sandals or no socks. I can't remember. But in order to allow. A complete stranger. To massage your feet. There's, you're probably going to have to like that person in order to allow that to happen. So I think I missed an opportunity there. <laughs> Slightly. Slightly missed an opportunity. But the thing is, because I was being professional, however weird it might sound, and I've been interested in helping people with pain relief for a long time, ever since I learned hypnosis. So, you know, I was already a hypnotist at that point. I'd already done hypnosis with people to help them with different things. So for me, this was another way to help to reduce pain so I jumped at the opportunity and I was being professional completely focus, you know while her foot was in my hand I was focusing on trying to reduce her pain but generally that's what my focus was that's what I was trying to do that was my entire intention now if I was on a date And then at the end of the day, we end up sitting on a sofa in a living room, mine or hers. And I offer a foot massage. Or she asks for a foot massage. I'll admit that while I'm rubbing her feet... I'm not feeling very professional at that moment, I'm not thinking about, I'm not thinking as a therapist, because it's a different scenario. I'm probably more likely thinking. I wonder if I'll get a cuddle. I wonder if she let me hold her hand. You know. Which I wasn't thinking about when I was in the laundrette. Hmm. I wonder if that's strange or not. I really need to be told because I'm not sure. I can't judge it for myself. Right, anyway, so that's the story of the laundrette. So, I hope I've managed to bore you to sleep. Thank you for listening. Remember to be kind to yourself because. You deserve to be happy. Lots of love. Bye.